0: And now, America's number one show on pop culture and politics. This is The Michael Medved Show.
1: And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great day for Republicans. You know why? Because they passed one of their top priorities that they had talked about in gaining the majority in the House of Representatives. A very close vote but a vote that uh, nonetheless puts the Republicans on the board with the parental rights bill. Who is opposed to parental rights? Why should you be? Well, you could ask the uh, uh, extremely substantial number of Democrats, namely all of them, who voted against the parental rights bill. And it's condemned in the harshest possible terms by Hakeem Jeffries, the Democratic leader, And by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, what's wrong with parental rights? What's wrong with encouraging more parental involvement in uh, the education of children? Uh, We will get to that issue. We will also get to the latest controversial statement over Truth Social, where President Trump warns about death and destruction in the country. No, he really does if he is indicted on the Stormy Daniels hush money issue. Uh, He also posts another image on uh, Truth Social that suggests that he's ready to commit violence himself using a baseball bat. Uh, We will get to that controversy. We'll also be speaking to Gordon Chang about the message from China's Xi to Vladimir Putin saying that uh, they are going to effectuate changes not seen for a hundred years what does he mean we'll be talking to gordon shang about that and the issue in parenting involving why should activists make it more difficult for parents to adopt foster children uh, speaking to naomi Schaefer riley of the wall street journal on that issue 1-800-955-1776 is our phone number. Uh, first up, there is this um, uh, news from the House of Representatives. The, uh, today, Earlier today, the House passed the Parents' Bill of Rights Act, a key part of the commitment to America pledged by Republicans who now control the House of Representatives. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, said empowering parents and promoting the well being of children is a top priority of the House Republican majority. That's why the Parents' Bill of Rights was a critical piece of the House Republican commitment to America. Uh, here is uh, what uh, Kevin McCarthy said about the bill that just passed, and it passed by just a margin of four votes. Uh, There were five Republicans who dissented and voted against it, but they still got it through. Uh, The final vote was 213 to 208. This is uh, Kevin McCarthy, Clip 1A. The Republicans put
2: out our commitment to America. And in our commitment to America, we said we were going to have a Parents' Bill of Rights. This is exactly what we just passed on the floor today. We're keeping our commitment. It's just another check off on all what we said we would do. It's a bill that Julia Letlow actually introduced in the last Congress, moved forward to this Congress. And what's very interesting is that the Democrats thought it was too extreme, <coughs> that the Democrats believed that parents shouldn't have a say in their kids' education and to actually know what the reading material is. Democrats believed that was extreme. Democrats didn't believe that, uh, in this bill we say, parents have a right to be heard, that they should be able to go to school board meetings and not be called terrorists, that they could have a say, but Democrats thought that was too extreme. Parents should have a right to know where their tax dollars are being spent in the schools, the budgets, but Democrats thought that was too extreme. In this bill, we protect the children's privacy, that the data can't be sent around, that parents should know what they do with it, but Democrats, Thought that was too extreme. We thought parents should know if there's any violent activity on campus, not just to your child, but to any. So you'll be warned. But Democrats thought that was too extreme. OK, the The only argument
1: I can uh, understand against this particular bill is that. If you're a conservative, then this should be a state matter. It should be a local matter. You want as much as possible to bring education and educational issues down to uh, local governance and local supervision. And with the Congress of the United States, this becomes a federal matter. But uh, there is still the general idea of encouraging at every level of education more transparency, more participation, more involvement of parents in the decisions that are gonna be made in school that they are paying for, and to which they entrust their precious children. Uh, That's why uh, Speaker McCarthy had the right to say that today is a win for families.
2: This is clip 1B. Today was a win for every mother, every father, but most importantly, for every student in America. You have a Parents' Bill of Rights now, but unfortunately, the Democrats are too extreme to believe that parents should have a say in their kids' education. This bill will go on to the Senate. We hope they'll be able to take it up, but this is a win and a change for America.
1: Okay, the real problem, of course, is that uh, Chuck Schumer over in the Senate, who controls the Senate because they have a one-vote Senate majority, the Democrats. Uh, probably won't take the bill up, won't even uh, listen to it. The um, the legislation uh, includes the right to view the public school budget and spending, as well as the right to protect their child's privacy and be updated on any violent activity at the school. In the uh, face of the woke agenda and radical critical race theory, the far left is Pushing even in the midst of the uh, devastating learning loss, said the uh, House uh, GOP conference chair, Elise Stefanik, a New York Republican. We are ensuring parents have the transparency to know if their child is being properly equipped in the classroom. the The other argument about the bill has to do with uh, oh, it's about book banning. It's going to empower people. To take away uh, books that have been taught for uh, literally hundreds of years, A- and and it's not what it does is it allows parents to know what's going on, and there are certain books. I think if you want to talk about books that are extremely graphic, highly sexualized, well, that may not be appropriate for sixth graders or fifth graders, and the the entire idea of using education as cultural indoctrination rather than teaching uh, not just reading and writing and arithmetic but civics and teaching an appreciation for america and putting american history in some kind of context getting parents involved in that is part of the whole movement for school choice because giving parents more choice over the schools to which they send their children will naturally encourage them to find out more about the schools among which they are choosing. Why is that not a win-win? We will get to uh, what some of the leading Democrats, including Hakeem Jeffries, the Democratic leader in the House, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez have to say about this issue. And uh, what exactly is going on between China and Russia? And uh, is it true that uh, basically the longer the Ukraine war goes on, the uh, the more likely it is to give rise to some kind of Chinese attack on Taiwan? And what does the uh, uh, common front public front mean? United Front slogan that the Chinese are using in terms of engaging Taiwan. We'll talk about that with Gordon Chang also. This hour on The Medved Show, uh, we will be right back with more on parents, education, and uh, rights of free expression, learning, and uh, advancement right here in the United States.
0: Medved show all across America this is the Michael Medved show
1: and on the Michael Medved show I want to say this that uh, basically the parental bill of rights uh, I think is a positive thing I certainly would have voted for it good thing is it going to move the earth well first of all it won't because it's not going to even be brought up for vote in the Senate and it probably should be but it's it's partially an illustration of what our politics has become which is gestural uh people are making gestures that don't really amount to anything and good for kevin mccarthy and keeping this promise and uh, keeping the promise to go ahead and put this bill before the house and to put people on record And he kept a pretty solid unity with only five Republicans voting uh, the wrong way. But one of the reasons the Democrats uh, didn't go much further in fighting this thing is because it's not going to pass. And even if it had passed, it wasn't really going to change things profoundly. The idea that uh, that, uh, people are not allowed to come to school board meetings, try it. I mean uh, again uh, we have people that we're close to who go to school board meetings all the time and sometimes have uh, their ideas embraced and sometimes not and that idea that the fact that that parents may feel one way and educators may feel another that happens but the important thing is to give people the right to express themselves and to be heard Not necessarily to have one group or one point of view completely control the background of education. Uh, This is um, uh, basically before the passage of the bill, Hakeem Jeffries, the Democratic leader on the House of Representatives, uh, got fairly excited and not in a positive way, Uh, clip 13. As a great country, a
3: gorgeous mosaic of people from all over the world who come here to pursue the American dream. That's what makes American exceptionalism so phenomenally important to our collective success as a country, and they want to take that away from the parents of America.
1: Okay, again, there's good news and bad news, what you just heard. The good news is, hey, here's a liberal Democrat, the leader of the Democrats in the House of Representatives. He wants to be speaker if the Democrats take back control of the House next time. And he's endorsing the idea of American exceptionalism, which is something that's been associated with conservatives, particularly religious conservatives, for a long time. The idea that America is not like any other country in the world. We are different and better. Yeah, better. Not just, well, they do it this way, we do it that way. We do it the better way, which is why America has been so profoundly blessed and so remarkably successful. And the uh, not such good news is, is, in what way do Republicans want to take away American exceptionalism or to take away the gorgeous mosaic and he, he really goes a little bit off the rails here. I mean, this is nutty and simply not accurate and not fair as uh, Hakeem Jeffries winds up the emotion. Clip four.
3: This is month three of the extreme MAGA Republican majority in the House of Representatives. And they have nothing to show for it. Extreme MAGA Republicans in the House have done nothing on the economy, nothing on inflation, nothing on job creation, nothing on economic growth, and nothing on health care. But today, extreme MAGA Republicans passed a bill that puts politics over parents and will ban books, censor, librarians and bully children is shameful
1: okay it is shameful because there's nothing in this bill that will quote ban books what it gives is the rather than more 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 parental participation and then he goes on to even go uh, further off the rails of reality listen
3: actually invest in empowering parents, making sure parents have the opportunity to be engaged and involved in the education of their children, the extreme MAGA Republicans want to jam their right-wing ideology down the throats of students, teachers, and parents throughout America. Extreme MAGA Republicans want to ban books on the Holocaust. No. Ban books on the Holocaust. Extreme MAGA Republicans want to ban books on Martin Luther King Jr. Extreme MAGA Republicans want to ban books on the LGBTQ journey in the United States of America. Extreme MAGA Republicans even want to ban a book
1: on Roberto Clemente and baseball. OK, uh, the Roberto Clemente and baseball is ridiculous. The Martin Luther King is ridiculous. Extreme MAGA Republicans also, like every other American, it celebrates the Martin Luther King holiday. And, and in terms of suppressing information on the Holocaust, uh, it's ridiculous. There, it, Yes, there are people out there who want to do that, but they're not extreme MAGA Republicans. They're extreme Nazis. And uh, there is really, really a difference. This is completely unfair. And uh, the idea that uh, they want to censor the LGBTQ journey. I'll, the only, I was trying to figure out what is he talking about. What he's talking about is this stupid bill in California that was passed by the left, which required that uh, uh, people be taught in every period of American history the important role of gay and transgendered people. In the American Revolution, in the Constitution, in the Civil War, the problem is, there were no public LGBTQ people at that time. Did not exist, I am sorry. It is not possible to point out the LGBTQ plus Signers of the Declaration of Independence, or the framers of the Constitution, or the people who fought within the abolition movement. Yes, there were people of color. Yes, there were women, very prominent women in the abolition movement. And yes, there were prominent women in the revolution. And uh, one of the things that I think everyone should learn about is the remarkable black poet, uh, Phyllis Wheatley, who, again, there's wonderful stuff that's being turned out. For kids to read and to feel inspired. I, I understand the concerns about all of this. But for him to say that they don't follow the LGBTQ journey, journey from where to where. Well, I'll tell you, we're going to uh, deal with China and Russia and changes not seen for a 100 years. This with Gordon G. Chang coming right up.
0: You can't handle The Michael Medved Show. one 800 <laughs>
1: Michael Medved show today uh, President Trump is in Canada speaking uh, at the uh, today President did I say President Trump no President Trump's not. yeah he's going to Waco it's President Biden who is speaking in Canada and uh, uh, of course uh, emphasizing the amazingly close relationship between the United States and our nearest neighbor now Canada As far as China is concerned, the only equivalent to Canada would be Russia. They're on the northern border, and they have a long, long, long defended border. And They, unlike the United States and Canada, have a long and complicated history of hating one another. And now uh, President Xi had a very comradely and friendly meeting with Vladimir Putin, where he told Putin of changes not seen in a hundred years. I don't understand what he had in mind, but I'm sure that Gordon Chang does. Uh, Gordon G. Chang is the author of The Coming Collapse of China and the Great U.S.-China Tech War and other books. You can reach him on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang. Okay, Gordon, uh, what's going on between Putin Putin and Xi, and what is it that uh, Xi has in mind about changes not seen for 100 years?
0: Michael, I think that by changes not seen in 100 years, he's referring to the end of uh, the United States, or at least the end of the United States atop the international system. And uh, the other words that Putin uh, heard from Xi Jinping were these, just after this, these changes are coming, not seen in 100 years. And then Xi Jinping said, um, and together we will be driving this change. So really what he's saying is that China is the world's hegemon right now, and that uh, everyone should ditch the U.S. and start obeying China. And it shows a very dangerous mentality. Um, We heard from very beginning of the Biden administration, China started talking about um, the United States can't talk to China from a position of strength anymore. Then we heard um, Chinese propaganda on the fall of Afghanistan was explicit about uh, the U.S. no longer being able to exercise power effectively. Of course, Vladimir Putin thought that because he invaded Ukraine. And here we have Xi Jinping confirming it. So it's a dangerous mentality.
1: And uh, uh, in terms of the cooperation or the common cause uh, between uh, China and Russia, what is their uh, greatest point of agreement and joint focus
0: in terms of their relationship? Um, Getting rid of the United States is their greatest point of agreement, Because Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping, remember, they've seen each other now in-person chat 40th time, whereas, to put that into context, Xi Jinping has met Biden once in person, and that was last November at the G20 in Bali. Um, But uh, Putin and Xi Jinping basically see the world in the same terms, and they identify the same adversary, and that, of course, is us. And um, you've got a very interesting partnership where China clearly is the strongest power, but Vladimir Putin actually is controlling the partnership because he's going out and doing things like invading Ukraine, and he knows that China will back him up. So China, whatever it thinks of the invasion of Ukraine, is supporting Putin, and that means that uh, these two countries are, are working very closely together. They're both regimes. Um, They both abhor the United States, even hate us. And therefore, they're working to destroy our society.
1: In terms of the so-called peace plan uh, for Ukraine and Russia that Xi Jinping so proudly delivered, was there anything in that plan that surprised you at all?
0: Um, The February 24th plan, um, 12 points, uh, the answer is no. Um, This plan was directed towards helping Russia. The core of it is, uh, I think it's point two, which is the ceasefire. Um, But that ceasefire would leave Russia in possession of uh, Ukrainian territory. And as uh, John Kirby, our National Security Council spokesperson said, um, that's just not acceptable. So. Um, Yeah, peace is something we want, but peace with Russia off of Ukraine's territory. And the reason why is that uh, if Russia is left in possession of Ukraine, Xi Jinping will see that as a big green light to attack somebody. And that means the war spreads across the Eurasian landmass.
1: The uh, Americans, uh, according to a brand new Gallup poll, uh, asked about our greatest enemy. Uh, They picked China over Russia, despite Russia's current uh, involvement in a a very bloody and horrific uh, war. And yet people on balance, even though they saw China as our greatest enemy in uh, another aspect of the survey, there are slightly more positive views of China than of
0: Russia. Why do you think that is? That's, that's a great question. It's probably they have um, positive views of the Chinese people. Um, but if you specifically ask them of the Chinese regime, i probably get a very different answer. Because this regime has made it very clear. They're, they've, they're waging war on us. They've actually come out and said that in May 2019, a quote-unquote people's war. That's a phrase which has great resonance in Communist Party circles. And that means that they feel that they have every right to kill Americans, which they've been doing with fentanyl, by the way, because the fentanyl gangs are supported by the Communist Party. Um, and they have every right to destroy the United States. Um, we Americans don't want to pay attention to that. Of course, we didn't pay attention to Islamic terrorists, uh, even after they killed six Americans in 1993 by detonating a bomb under the North Tower of the World Trade Center. Um, And we just ignored it until, of course, 9-11 when on one day we lost 2,977 Americans.
1: Okay. In terms of the dangers right now, if you were advising a presidential candidate, uh, say um, Ron DeSantis, who needs, needs some help in the advice department seems to me, Uh, What should he do differently about confronting Russia and China uh, in terms of the positions he takes and the way he expresses himself?
0: Yeah, this is the same advice for DeSantis as for every other presidential candidate, including the one sitting in the Oval Office. And that is to understand that the Ukraine war is a proxy struggle. It's a proxy war For the two um, superpowers and that we have to understand that if we lose that proxy war we're going to be fighting wars elsewhere in all probability. Um, I know DeSantis doesn't want to hear that. That's okay. I can understand why he doesn't want to endorse an unpopular position when he's running for president. Um, Almost nobody would, but the point is whether it's popular or unpopular, we are going to be facing conflicts across the Eurasian landmass and probably across North Africa if we do not prevail in Ukraine. And right now, um, the Biden administration is not trying to prevail in Ukraine. They're just trying to manage the situation.
1: What needs to change?
0: We need uh, to understand that uh, it is in the national security interest of the United States to drive Russia off of Ukrainian territory. That's extremely dangerous. Um, But to say that a policy is extremely dangerous is not a meaningful objection. Because of truly misguided policies, American policies, every option going forward is truly dangerous and we have to understand the significance of what's happening now. And nobody
1: doing more important work in helping that understanding than Gordon G. Chang. Go to Gordon G. Chang on uh, Twitter. When we come back, a prominent politician accused of wrongdoing, of facing possible indictment, just made a deal with prosecutors. It's amazing. No, it's not President Trump. Who is it? We'll tell you coming up.
2: Michael, you have the greatest show on the planet The Michael Medved Show.
1: A lot of hate comes from jobs like yourself, Michael Medved. And the headline uh, over at CNN.com is "Prosecutors Accept Deal in Fraud Case." Okay, which fraud case? Well, we have to introduce this property properly, and uh, we we always give a special recognition to George Santos. Uh, this is uh, about George Santos, the great pretender. Call me
2: a liar. I I faked my way to Congress, which is absolutely amazing. I like blowing stories that are not there up.
0: Oh, yes,
2: I'm, the great, the I'm Jew-ish. Remember, I was raised Catholic. I'm not a facade, I'm not a persona. Call me a liar. I too much. Lonely,
0: but no, one can
2: no, it's not false at all. Oh, yes.
1: Okay, uh, the uh, date headline is, and it's today, uh, prosecutors in Brazil have agreed to a deal with Representative George Santos. I hope they have a lot of witnesses. Uh, In a case in which he is accused of defrauding a Rio de Janeiro area clerk of $1,300 over clothes and shoes in 2008, documents uh, now show. A petition from uh, Santos, Congressman Santos's attorney, requesting a deal says Santos would agree to formally confess to the crime and pay damages to the victim this is a crime from 2008 it's a while ago he'd pay damages to the victim a, a Rio de Janeiro area clerk as is required under Brazilian law a memo from prosecutors agreeing to the deal last week asked the defense for assurances that they have the ability to contact the victim to repay him before the deal is finalized. Uh, Santos did not comment when asked about this reporting on Capitol Hill uh, by uh, CNN's Manu Raju. Uh, CNN has reached out to attorneys for Santos in Brazil and the United States. Uh, They're busy, and uh, as usual, they didn't respond. In 2010, Santos told police he wrote bad checks from a stolen checkbook belonging to an elderly man his mother cared for to purchase the items santos told the new york post in december that's just a couple of months ago he had never been charged with any crime in brazil i'm not a criminal here not here not in brazil or any jurisdiction in the entire world absolutely not that didn't happen this is just solid reliable take it to the bank george santos tells you Nah, he's not a criminal. That's why he's now confessing to this crime in Brazil. After Santos left for the United States, Brazilian authorities could not find an address to serve him papers intimating uh, him to appear in court, which eventually led to the archiving of the case until it was reopened in January. That's after he became a world celebrity because he got elected to Congress. Prosecutors could not comment further as the case is under a gag order. OK, uh, congratulations to George Santos. I'm glad he's making up for But uh, stealing $1,300 of clothes and shoes. Uh, OK, G- good luck to the distinguished member of Congress. Speaking of distinguished members of Congress, this has been a uh, busy day for uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, otherwise known as Aunt Marge. Uh, two freshman House Democrats w- were part of a congressional delegation that she led to the D.C. jail. And no, she is she's just visiting. She's not spending any time there mandated by a court of any kind. Uh, she's visiting in the dc jail january 6 riot defendants who are being held there uh driving the news a spokesperson for the house oversight democrats said progressive representatives jasmine crockett a democrat from texas and robert garcia very liberal democrat from california will cut through republican attempts to whitewash the dangerous realities of january 6. Uh, Between the lines, don't expect the kind of bipartisan camaraderie sometimes found at um, uh, visits together led by lawmakers with aligned visions. The uh, spokesperson for the MAGA-led tour is nothing more than Speaker McCarthy, uh, they say, um, making good on his promise to give control of the committee to extreme Republican voices this is uh, a democratic spokesperson obviously we're not going to allow lies to take away from the clear truth that insurrectionists attacked our democracy in capital Garcia tweeted uh, this is all complicated and its it's also uh, it's also really In other words, given the fact that there have now been over 500 people who have pled guilty to one crime or another, usually involving attacking police officers. We had a case that we talked about yesterday where uh, one of the uh, convicted uh, miscreants had been guilty of using uh, uh, lasers to temporarily blind uh, police officers and throwing pepper spray and bear spray, which can be a mess. And, of course, poking them and beating them. And uh, there's audio on Newsmax, uh, Newsmax about the treatment of the January 6th inmates. And uh, this is Marjorie Taylor Greene, who led the expedition to the Washington Jail today. Listen.
3: had a lot of reports from families and attorneys. They have told us that over the past week, the January 6th defendants have had to spend their time scrubbing and cleaning and painting the walls in the area that they have to stay in, the area that they're forced to be housed Ugh. in.
1: Wait, wait. Is this, why is that so hideous? I mean, I'm sure the D.C. jail is a very unpleasant place, but you're forced to do scrubbing and and cleaning. Well, What are you supposed to be doing in in, in jail for rioting and attacking the Capitol building? You, you want to bring them out of jail and have them clean up the Capitol building? Oh, well, that's already been done, uh, primarily. It, it seems fairly bizarre that uh, this should be going on. And, uh, again, the... The attempt to make the January 6th rioters into some kinds of American heroes goes with uh, President Trump's most recent efforts to try to suggest that there may be, he says, death and destruction in reaction to any indictment that he would receive. Meanwhile, there are matters of life and death involving the U.S. military. A U.S. contractor was killed. Five service members were wounded by drone strikes in Syria. Uh, The U.S. retaliated with its own uh, uh, airborne attack uh, using precision-guided missiles and apparently hitting the Iranian uh, Revolutionary Guard Corps-controlled militias that we're hitting at the American uh, base in Syria. Now, one of those things that I think is remarkable and, and indicates some of the focus that we, we need to have on the election and the candidates and their positions, we have uh, American military personnel and contractors involved in Syria. What are they doing there? What they're doing there is to try to prevent the return of ISIS, which was effectively eliminated during the Trump administration, and uh, the idea that um, that is an important American priority and that there are, are Americans, there's a contractor who lost his life, there are five service people who were injured in these attacks. Uh, I do think it's important that we have a more clear example and a more clear statement from our leaders as to what exactly we are attempting to accomplish and how we're doing in accomplishing it in uh, Syria. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, foster kids need permanent homes. Uh, Naomi Schaefer Riley has written passionately and persuasively uh, about legal changes that would actually make it harder to find adoptive families for children in foster care, and why that's something that Americans should be deeply concerned about as we are looking at the future and talking to Naomi Schaefer Raleigh coming right up of this greatest nation on God's green earth.